are in the studio with Michael Card. Welcome. I'm Wayne Shepherd sitting here with Michael and most of our program today is going to be from on location in Israel. How cool is that? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it you know, it would have been better if I were with you. Well, <laughs> so next time you need to go. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. We have two two friends from uh, Israel College of the Bible who are uh, both remarkable and very courageous in terms of their witness for Christ. Uh, there's some teaching time from Israel and and a song. All right. Yeah. I want to talk more about that in a moment, but let me lay this out for our listeners. We want to hear from you. Yeah. We have an email address in the studio at microcard.com, and we are hearing from listeners. Yeah, it's, and it's so it's encouraging. Fun. It is it? fun. Yeah. Uh, we, we want to hear about you. Introduce yourself to us. You yeah. know, if you don't know what to say, just tell us who you are and what you do in life and why you listen, what you enjoy most about what you hear in the program. If yeah. you have a song request. If you have a passage of scripture you're, you know, especially excited about, okay. maybe we can uh, look at that or... Uh, yeah, anything we can do to engage. If there's if there's something uh, maybe you want to hear us talk about a subject that you want to hear us, a topic that you want us to hear us talk about, I mean, let us let us serve you. You can certainly do that through social media as well because mm-hmm. we are on Facebook and on Twitter. Just look for Michael Card or Michael Card Music on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, the, the fun part of that is you get to see what other listeners are saying as well. Yeah. And you can respond to them. or Yeah, we're trying to build a new community, I guess, mm-hmm. online. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. It's not exactly the real thing. Right. But it, it does help. It, it, I think it can be a vehicle for real community. Yeah. You're going to teach on Hesed here today. Yeah. And I want to talk about that for a moment because do you find that it's a difficult thing for people to come to grips with because it's it's not something that we typically have thought much about, even though it's been right there in front of us in the scripture all these years. Yeah, that's a good way of saying it because it is. It's everywhere. It's all through the teaching of Jesus. It's certainly all through the Old Testament. Uh, but it 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 is. I don't want to say it's a difficult concept because in some ways it's very simple. But in order to get there, uh, there's sort of preliminary things you need to understand, like how words work and how is it this this one word, this one Hebrew word in six English translations is translated 169 different ways. How in the world does language do that? So uh, I think it's necessary that you you get a feel for that that words. Words don't have a literal meaning. That was huge for me. Um, I mean, it sounded liberal, and, you know, I got really upset. But I read one uh, article, and they asked the question, what does the word key mean, K-E-Y? And you think about it, well, it's the thing you open the door with. It's the key to the song. It's the key idea. It's an, a low island in the ocean. It can be all these things. <laughs> right. And I don't know what it is until I know what the context is. And on a much uh, vaster, uh, if that's a word, <laughs> talk about words, on a bit, much bigger scale, uh, that's what Hesed is all about. Mm-hmm. It appears in lots of different contexts. And so to begin to understand it, you've got to do that work, which is what I've been doing for the last 10 years. Yeah, I, I know this has been a long-term it has been. study for you, mm-hmm. and we're just about to be the recipients of that work mm-hmm. on your behalf because soon your book and CD will be released. Yeah, uh, Inexpressible, Hesed in the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness. I hope it's going to be helpful. Uh, and I've already taught it several times. In fact, I've just come from a couple of weeks of teaching it. And you see people, uh, one of the things that happens is you learn to recognize it. And they'll go, oh. That was Hesed. Oh, this yeah, thing in my life. That's what I wanted to ask you. Do you see aha moments in, yeah. in, our, in an audience when you teach on it? Yeah, you do. Because I have little videos that show, you know, moments where people are showing Hesed to, you know, one person is showing Hesed to another. And some some are very small things, cup of cold water sort of things. And uh, I just saw a movie recently called Molly, which is uh, basically about a an African George Mueller who cares for thousands of orphans. And that's Hesed on a huge scale. Um, because that's one of the things you have to to understand to to really grasp the meaning of the word hesed. You have to see it incarnated. It has to be fleshed out. You don't, unfortunately, you don't read a book and understand what hesed means, and which is why uh, the incarnation happened. God doesn't drop a book from the sky. Jesus comes in flesh and lives it. And we look at the cross and we go, ah, oh, that's hesed. Mm-hmm. I get that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This teaching that we're going to hear today is taken directly from your time in Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk about what it means to go to Israel and lead the tours that you have led there. Well, it's a study study trip. So I I, I say we we are not going there to collect chill bumps. You're not tourists. Well, hopefully we're not tourists and you end up kind of being a tourist. But it's it's a study trip. It's uh, it's the life of Jesus in chronological order. Uh, And so uh, the purpose of the trip is to really gather up sense memories 
So I know how big the Sea of Galilee is. I know how far a walk it would be from Nazareth to Jerusalem. Um, you know, I know what the hillsides of Galilee look like, that sort of thing. And it really does transform the way you read Scripture. Is there homework involved? There's a lot of homework involved. <laughs> okay. There's 250 pages that you study. We call it oh. it's a know-before-you-go trip. So you take this seriously and oh, very, those who go take it seriously. We, we do because, Wayne, I, was, I went to Israel several times uh, with our Daily Bread folks and make videos. And I would see groups go through and the people in the group didn't know what they were looking at. Here, here you're in Capernaum. Well, it's not that complicated. And and so when you go with our trip, before you get to Capernaum, you know what happened there and whose house is but there. But don't be this. intimidated by that. No, not at all. Not at all. In fact, to me, that's the, one of the biggest encouragements to go. That's interesting to hear. Okay, well, we'll get started. Uh, Mike will be talking from Genesis 19 and Exodus 34 in just a moment here. But let's begin with one of your songs. Okay. How about That's What Faith Must Be? That's What Faith Must Be is an old, old, very simple song that's taken from the writings of Paul. So it's a kid's song that tries to distill what Paul has to say about faith. Let's hear it right now. Performed in Israel, by the way. Here's Michael Card. To be guided by a hand I cannot hold To trust in a way that I cannot see That's what faith must be When the universe fell from his fingertips He decided he wanted some fellowship But the man and the woman would not submit So he made a better way When the moment was right, he sent his own son And he opened the way so that everyone could have hope and believe that when time was done he'd be able to make us one you sing in me a reality that God is in Christ and that Christ is in me that with faith I see what is unseen to hear with my heart to see with my soul to be guided by a hand I cannot hold to trust in a way that I cannot see that's what faith Okay, I was going to do a little bit of stuff on Hesed, if that's okay. Love, loving kindness, merciful love, loyal love, sure love, relentless love, enduring love, extravagant love, affectionate satisfaction, love in action, dependable love, steady love, true Fundamental love, miracle love, generous love, deep love, wonderful love, great love, incredible love, marvelous love, gracious love, loyal in love, steadfast love, expression of love, election love, unfailing love, faithful love, tons of love. That's Eugene Peterson. Uh, Loving instruction, loving deeds, covenant love, covenant of love, covenantal faithfulness, covenant deeds of love, covenant friendship, covenant commitment, gracious covenant, loyal, loyalty, covenant loyalty, loyal faithfulness, great loyalty, unswerving loyalty, loyal mercy, loyal service, kindness. Kindly, divine kindness, loyal kindness, godly kindness, merciful kindness, great kindness, everlasting kindness, mercy, mercy work, mercy feeling, miracle mercy, gracious, uh, generous mercy, benevolence, compassion, persistent faithfulness, uh, faithful act, reliable solidarity, goodwill, uh, ardent zeal, grace, graciousness, extravagantly generous, largesse, glory, honor, honoring, pity, clemency, bedrock, God-fearing, piety, charity, strength, devout, active goodness, favor, immense favor, loyal friendship, good-heartedness, immense favor, working graciously, generous, yes, endlessly patient, generous act of goodness, devotion, devoted work, committed, our commitment, goodness, good deeds, gracious dealings, beauty, disgrace, reproach, shameful thing, wicked thing, Stick with me, sticking by, sticking with. Unlimited, unconditional, unconditioned, and all-exclusive love of all creation. 
those are most of the ways it's in, in about uh, six or seven major translations. That's how it's translated. Eugene Peterson translates it uh, 57 different ways. King James translates it four, four, 14 different ways. Um, but that, that's a little hint at, at, the, at the complexity of it. And so I just wanted to just do a brief, brief overview um, of, of, uh, of Hesed, uh, just the, the way the word works and that sort of stuff. Okay, I got all my. Um, you start in, in any, any Old Testament sort of project like this, you've got to start with um, Shema. Uh, the first commandment isn't have no other gods before me. The first commandment is, Hear, O Israel. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord with all your love, heart, with all your, uh, with all your uh, nefesh, with all your soul, and with all your meod. And uh, meod just means much. So I translate it, everything you are. Much as David translates it like money with all your resources. But I... Uh, I think it's every, everything that you are. And the, the idea being, okay, the first, first commandment is love the Lord your God, and the second verse is listen, I mean, the first commandment is listen, and the second commandment is love. And my teacher, uh, William Lane, from, the, from that, those two verses, Bill said, best way to love God is to listen to Him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God. So the best way to love God is to listen to Him. And so before you start in any biblical thing, certainly any Hebrew Bible thing, um, you've you got to stop and ask, how do I do that? How do I love anyone? I mean, how do I love my wife, you know, by listening to her, my, my children, you know? Um, and the way you love someone by listening to them is you engage, right? You engage. You listen to them with everything you are, not just with your heart and, you know, weepy devotionally, although it's great to weep with people, not just with your head, you know, to fix them in some kind of clinical way. You listen to people with your, with your muchness, with your manyness. You give everything that you can to the process of listening. And the only way to do that, according to the way we're, this sort of is all set up, is to engage with your imagination. Okay? So that's why we talk about the biblical imagination. Um, so that's that's sort of the the essence. We're here because we want to love God by listening to Him, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to Him by engaging. We're gonna you know engage with the Word. We're gonna engage with the geography. We're gonna you know engage with uh, you know culture, language, everything we can uh, we can engage with. Um, so one of the first hurdles, one of the first hurdles I fell over and tripped over. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to say I jumped it, but I didn't, was understanding how words have meaning in the first place. Um, if you want to understand the meaning of, the word, of a word, the last thing you want to do is look it up in a dictionary. Now, that still makes no sense to me to say that, but very smart, a very smart person named James Barr in a book called The Semantics of Biblical Language, that, that was his, his point. Um, our, even our language of uh, our, our, our desire for words to have one meaning. See, that's what I wanted to do with, with Hesed. I wanted to reduce it to one meaning. All right. You just heard all of those different translations of Hesed. Well, I thought, I'm going to do what no one else has done. I'm going to figure out what's the one. And uh, the, my, my first shot at it was when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. Well, that's not a very smooth translation in the middle of a, a verse. You know, um, so I had to first. I had to learn how words have meaning, and um, the first thing I like to do is look at the etymology, at the background of a word. And uh, uh, James Barr, who is kind of the man in scholarship right now, James Barr said uh, he calls it the etymological fallacy. To just rely on etymologies of words to get their meanings, it can lead to big problems. And as far as we know, the word hesed comes from the word hasidah, which means stork. Which is an unclean bird, by the way, in the Bible. It's listed with bats as unclean. And so what you have in, in the dictionaries and the lexicons is this long, convoluted 
discussion about how the stork is the pious bird. It's the best mother. The, the, the ostrich is the worst mother, right? She steps on her eggs and she runs away and leaves her babies. Job talks about the ostrich as a, kind of being a bad mother. And it didn't take very long to figure out that they've, they've reversed engineered all this stuff. You know, because someone believed in etymology and they knew it came from, or they believed that it came from stork, they came up with this impious bird, which uh, is not a helpful, uh, helpful idea at all. So etymologies don't really help us. And we all know this, words change meaning over time. And Hesed does that too. And not in any kind of predictable way, but it changes meaning over time. If you, if you look at the meaning of the very first time it's used in 1919 in Genesis, it's, it's a favor. Lot doesn't want to go where God wants him to go. He wants to go to Zoar, this city that's close by. So we ask the angel or ask God if he'll do him hesed by letting, letting him. That's the very first time the word appears in the Bible. So it's kind of a favor. Uh, in Exodus, it's used to define, in Exodus 34, it's there twice, to just define who God is. So it leaps from being this favor to being a defining characteristic of God. So it's not this gradual like you would expect a word to grow in meaning. It doesn't do that. So that lets you down. Meaning over time lets you down. And so what I, what I finally landed on, through the help of people much smarter than me, and you've heard this if you've studied this kind of thing and all, the, the meaning of a word comes from its context. Okay. So if I were to say to you, what does the word key mean? K-E-Y. Well, the answer is you don't know until I tell you the context. I need this thing to open the door with, to open the lock with. Well, then you know, okay? Or it's the key to a song, or it's the key idea. Some words we don't even know how to pronounce until we know the context. B-O-W. How do you pronounce that? Well, you don't know until I tell you the context. So uh, after a long, very convoluted uh, journey, I realized that what I needed to do was look at the 250 occurrences of Hesed in the Hebrew Bible and listen to the context and see what the context was saying. So um, that's, that's basically uh, what I did. Uh, so basically, Hesed, you, you've got it there in front of you, the three-letter word, the first letter going from right to left. Uh, that first letter is a Chet, and it is, it's a hard H. I say Hesed because I get tired of saying Chesed. I just think that's a little funny sounding. So, but it's a, a Chet. The middle uh, letter is a Samak. And the end letter on this, this letter is a Dalit uh, D sound. Uh, it, the, the emphasis is on the first symbol, a syllable. It's not Hesed, it's Hesed because of the way the vowels work. It occurs about 250 times in the Bible. Uh, sometimes it's a, a couple of times it's a person's name. Uh, it gets used in different ways. Sometimes it's a verb, sometimes it's a noun. Uh, sometimes it's an adjective, so it gets used all different ways. A couple of times it's plural. The Hesids of David. Isaiah talks about the Hesids of David. Uh, at one point it becomes with different vowels, same letters, but basically but with different vowels. It's the word for a saint. A Hasid, a person who does Hesid, is a saint uh, in, in the Bible. Um, but out of the 250 times, 127 of those times, it's in the Psalms. It's in the Psalms most often. It's in the prophets least often. So my conclusion of, from that is Hesed is something basically you sing about, which, you know, of course, kind of floats my boat. Um, generally in the Bible, like I said, in Genesis, it means favor. In Exodus, it, uh, it's only four times in the book of Ex Exodus. It only occurs four times. But there it's, uh, it expresses the character of God. In the historical books, uh, Hesed is, is basically this reciprocal relationship, and it usually involves David, where um, if, if I show you Hesed, you're supposed to show me Hesed back. And if you don't, that's a, real, that's a big faux pas. Okay. Um, the spies, when they're spying out the land, uh, is it Rahab? She used the word Hesed. And by, by sheltering the spies. And then, so when the spies come back and take the city, they show her Hesed by, you know, saving her and her family. So that's Hesed. Jonathan and David. Um, and that, that, that's where I started getting suspicious of this business from the person whom I have a right to expect nothing. David has no right to expect anything from Jonathan. Jonathan should be king, right? Not David. But what does he get from Jonathan? He gets everything. Jonathan supports him and, you know, and... Uh, 
and cares for him. So anyway, in, in the historical books, it's this reciprocal relationship. In the Psalms, I said, it's, it's something you sing about, and it's usually you sing about it because God's hesed is so great. When you get to the prophets, and I'm vastly oversimplifying this, but it's still, I think, helpful. In the prophets, it's, it's, it's a contrast between how, how great God's hesed is and how fragile our hesed. Our hesed disappears in the morning like a mist, Hosea says. Okay, we talked a little bit about the, this idea of gravita- uh, 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 linguistic gravity. Uh, the eight words that uh, Hesed draws to itself are, are these. Uh, the first one is truth, emmet. That's 51 times. Grace and truth. Okay, Jesus is full of grace and truth. Hesed va emmet. Uh, mercy is, is the other one, racham. That comes from the word for womb. There I'm doing etymology. See? Uh, but it does it come from the, the word room, womb. When God reveals himself to Moses in Exodus 34, the first word out of his mouth, God describing himself is racham. I'm compassionate. Tender mercies is another way to, to translate it. Only three or four ways to translate it, not 169 ways to translate it. None of the words have a range of meaning like Hesed does. That's one of its uniquenesses. Uh, another word is covenant, bereath. Now here's where, I don't know if there's any presbos in this room, here's where the presbos get this wrong. Uh, I was a Presbyterian for 22 years, I'm a recovering Presbyterian. Uh, people who are, who are you know, very excited about covenant theology, right? They will say, well, Hesed comes from covenant. And um, one of the great works on Hesed, which was done by a woman named Catherine Sankenfeld in the 60s, 1969, she did all this really first-rate work uh, looking at the text. And she said, yes, Hesed and Covenant are linked, but uh, Hesed doesn't come from Covenant. Covenant comes from Hesed because God is a God of Hesed. He makes covenants with us. Now, that may sound like a picky point, but it, it's a very important point. And, and I, I extend that to say, you know, God is the God. He makes, he make, because He's a God, of co- uh, a God of Hesed, He makes covenants with us. And we keep breaking them, and he keeps keeping them because he's a God of Hesed. And ultimately, in the cross, he keeps this covenant, right, that uh, we, couldn't, we couldn't have kept. So covenant is one of those words. Justice is the word mishpat. Uh, justice is another word that maybe ten times it Hesed and justice. What does, man, uh, what does God require the old man but to do, uh, do justice and love Hesed? And... Um, uh, faithfulness is another one, amuna, and goodness. Goodness in the Old Testament is a big deal. We've, we've watered down the word, word goodness. When, when Moses asked to see God's glory, God says, I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. So God's glory is his goodness, and that's the word tov. So hesed and tov. And finally, righteousness, tzaddik uh, is the Hebrew word. Righteousness and hesed, they, they occur like three times together, so that's... It's, it's a descending, uh, descending order. So that's one of the ways that Hesed draws words to itself. It's, it means so much that when, when, the, when the writers are, are expressing it, they have other words that come alongside to help it. So it's Hesed, it's grace and truth, or, or goodness and grace, or covenant of grace, or, or, or whatever. The other way that Hesed draws words to itself, I just read that long list, most of those words are double words. Right, it's loving kindness, it's faithful kindness, faithful loyalty, uh, covenant loyalty. It, it, when you're reading an English translation, you have those two words. That's when you usually know you're dealing with Hesed. And there's other than Raham and tender mercy, I don't, I can't think of another Hebrew word that that necessitates you know multiple words uh, uh, to translate it. I mean, that's that's fundamentally kind of an introduction to to the word Hesed. This is my favorite hymn of all time. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, I love this song. Um, Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions.
To the halfway point of this session, we hope you'll send us your song request and a story about its significance for you. You can email your request to inthestudio at michaelcard.com or find us on Twitter when you search for Michael Card. Now, if today's study on Hesed has you wanting to learn more, look for information on Michael's upcoming book and CD project titled Hesed and the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness. Find more at michaelcard.com. Now, coming up in the second half, we'll spotlight the Christian community in Israel, and Michael will perform a new song from his Hesed project. It's all just ahead, so stay with us here in the studio with Michael Carr. Back in the studio with Michael Card, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and it's a fun program today because most of it was recorded on location in Israel. Yep. And uh, thanks to those who did the recording, so we could hear it. Yeah, um, we have a whole team that goes with us, and Jeff Jones is is uh, the audio, and uh, uh, he shoots video and 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 photographs for us when they go. Well, so thanks, Jeff, Jeff did all this for yeah, us. Thank you so much. Uh, later, we're going to hear a new song from your CD on Hesed. You were teaching about Hesed a few moments ago. Right. The new song is Dinah Held My Hand. We'll say more about that sure. in a few moments. Sure. But uh, can we hear another song? Let's go back to Israel. And this song is not supposed to be here. Uh, again, this is a song I always kind of smile when I when yeah. I hear it because it, it, it really does uh, communicate what the gospel is communicating in that part. Well, this is Peter uh, showing up at Cornelius' house. And the first thing out of his mouth is, you know I'm not supposed to be here. And and that really, that's, that's still in many ways, although it's reversed, that's the situation in Israel. I think we're going to hear Erez uh, uh, and, and Seth from uh, Israel College of the Bible talk about that, the fact that there's this ongoing tension uh, uh, between uh, Jews and Gentiles and also between Jewish Christians and, and yeah. uh, Jews who, who aren't Christians. And um, and so Peter's caught up in all in, in all of that as well. And uh, uh, nonetheless, God tells him to go. And uh, so, how does he respond? Well, what are you going to do? He goes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> That's why I smile. Yeah. When whenever I hear the song, so let's listen to it right now, recorded in the studio here. Not supposed to be here. his final word as we walk beside the sea you will be led where you don't want to go 
that he would test my faith and all that I believed. But just how far then I could never know. And he would send a vision then once more beside the sea to a rooftop where my ecstasy was seen. Ask what was unaskable Three times the vision came And demanded I embrace what was unclean You know I'm not supposed to be here To cross a line no one has crossed before To simply be one of the fools That you call to break the rules And to go someplace I'm not supposed to be stumbling faith responded to what my mind said wasn't right so I left that place and followed in a dream to find unfamiliar strangers who were hungry for the light and then I realized that no one is unclean but I was born to be a winner and not to serve some fallen conquered king cross and bled when he broke himself for bread in a place where he was not supposed to be and you know I'm not supposed to be here to cross the line no one has crossed before to simply be To go someplace I'm not supposed to be And to go someplace I'm not supposed to be And to go someplace I'm not supposed to be reminder that that new song from Michael is coming up in just a few minutes here on the podcast. Dinah held my hand. Michael, will talk about that. But let's talk about these two men we're going to hear from now, Michael. Yeah, these are two brothers from uh, Israel College of the Bible, which is in a town called Netanya, uh, which is uh, on the coast. Um, uh, Eris Sorif is the president, and he uh, is also uh, part of a ministry called One for Israel, uh, if you want to go online, they have a website called um, imetmessiah.com. Oh, okay. It's a wonderful place. It's testimonies of Jewish people who've met the Messiah. We'll try to remember to link that at our website. It's a, yeah, it's a, powerful, it's a powerful place to, to, to visit uh, online. And uh, Seth Postel is also gives, he also gives leadership at, uh, at the college. But they are right in the thick of things and absolutely you know, courageous. They do meet a lot of uh, push back, yeah, and not what it used to be, but they're very courageous brothers. Think about proclaiming the gospel in Israel. Yeah, it yeah. must be a difficult thing to do. It, right? it is. They from the Orthodox community, uh, they they're picketed sometimes, and they they do get some pushback. So let's go to the recording made on location in Israel. Doctor Seref is the first one we're going to hear from. Welcome. I'll tell you a little bit of of what we're doing here, but really to give it context, I have to uh, briefly tell you of what God has been doing in the land, uh, in this land in regards to uh, the gospel among the Jewish people, probably, well, you know, this year we celebrate 70, 70 years to Israel. It's always a symbolic, symbolic number. When we read about 70 years in the scriptures, it talks about, uh, it's always in the context of God bringing the Jewish people back to the land, mostly for the first, from the first diaspora. But, uh, you know, 2017, in a lot of places around the world, We've also commemorated the Reformation, the process by which, you know, God has used that basically people will get His Word, and when we read His Word, then it does something to us. And when people read the Word uh, after the Reformation, they realized, well, there's this great commission, as we call it, to go and share the gospel with all people. And as people read the Bible more, they saw that um, God had a plan on how how to do it. And the plan was Jerusalem, uh, Judea and Samaria, the rest of the world, kind of connected to the Abrahamic covenant. The point is God's plan has never changed. And the purpose of Israel has always been 
as a vehicle, not as the purpose in and of itself, but as a, a for lack of a better term, uh, as a vehicle to bring God's blessing to all the world. And that's ultimately done in the Messiah himself through the gospel. If we were to ask the great men and women of God since the Reformation, you know, before the 20th century, we'd ask them, well, what do you think about Israel? What do you think about the Jews? It seems like the scripture are stating, you know, Isaiah 11, 11 seemed to state that God's going to bring the Jews a second time. It actually uses the word a second time. Uh, you know, not the Babylonian exile, but the second exile. What do you think about it? And I think most men and women of God would say, well, I mean, if God said it, he means it, though it's absolutely impossible to imagine. Because, I mean, look at the Jews. For 2,000 years, they have no homeland. There's no language. Hebrew's been a dead language for 1,500 years, as not spoken. And um, in most places that the Jewish people are, they're pretty severely persecuted. So if God said it, he's going to do it, but it's impossible. And, and the land is desolate. I mean, no one lives, very, very few people uh, live in the land. And, uh, and yet, you know, here we are, you know, God is actually, when he says something actually means it, I, I find great comfort in that. Israel was established and still is today a democracy with freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Believe what you want, proclaim what you want to adults, evangelism to adults, absolutely legal. Uh, so long as you don't, you know, you, you don't give something to someone, something material and say, believe in whatever it is in Jesus, in, in our case, and we'll you know, financially support you, or we're gonna give you this, we're gonna give you that, that's illegal. But other than that, I can stand in every street corner, take a microphone, say whatever I want, it's completely legal. It doesn't mean that everybody's gonna like it, but it's legal. But it's legal for Israelis. If you were to do it, you're probably gonna get into trouble. Very interesting to hear that, Michael. It gives us a window, doesn't it? Right, it's, well, it's a perspective that a lot of Americans don't, don't get. Right. Uh, and, and it's a unique, opportunity to hear someone again it's just not his opinion this is a guy who's on the street sharing yeah, christ he's on the front lines yes let's hear a second voice now this is seth postal who is dean of the israel college of the bible you know our our real focus what drives us in terms of our college is is the great commission and so because that focus is so strong here uh, it creates a unity that's not artificial between jews and arabs what it does is it, it creates a genuine passion among us to reach each other's peoples. And, and I've seen just some amazing walls being broken down. We're not, we're not a reconciliation ministry, and just this might surprise you. I don't, I don't think reconciliation ministries really work. You say, what are you talking about? Well, imagine, you know, you've got such bitter divides between... Palestinians and Jews and and okay you're believers so let's have a reconciliation ministry which begins with the acknowledgement that there's something that divides us that needs to be fixed that's a really bad place to start talking about painful issues and so rather we've just taken for granted Ephesians 2 one new man the wall of hostility has been broken down we're one family and we one thing we can agree on is that Jews and Arabs need Jesus, so let's figure out how to reach one another's peoples. What had happened up until the last several years is that the, the Messianic Jewish and the Arab evangelical community was starting to distance one from the other because of politics. And in the last several years, um, ICB, God is using ICB in ways that we, just it's been amazing that, that it's, it's bringing us back together. And we have a growing, growing group of Arab pastors that absolutely love uh, what we do and now are a part of us. And so we no longer, you know, Israel College of the Bible, it's not a Messianic Jewish college. We're, we're college that's, uh, we're followers of Yeshua that include both Messianic Jewish and Arab believers in Jesus. And, and it's beautiful because in some sense, obviously we're one, some, some senses we celebrate even the diversity among us. And that diversity has actually really been used uh, for the gospel. So that's what I wanted to share. And uh, again, it is really an honor to have your group here and especially to have you here, Michael. It's, it really is a privilege.
But as they say, Michael, wait, there's more. That's Seth Postel. Yes. But what he's going to share next really just kind of set us on our heels, didn't it? Yeah. It's, again, it's a unique perspective that you're not going to hear anywhere else, probably, unless you go to Israel. And he's going to talk about this incredible byproduct of uh, outreach to the Jewish community, and that is that the, uh, so many Arabs have and Muslims have come to faith. All right, let's listen carefully to Seth. Another thing I just want to kind of maybe give you a whole different perspective, and here's what's really interesting. Uh, the first Protestant churches in Israel began when, when Protestant churches started trying to reach the Jewish people here in the Middle East and in Israel. And in fact, the first Protestant pastor was at Christ Church, who was an Anglican Jewish bishop. Well, what ended up happening as more and more Jewish people started coming back to Israel, it attracted more and more mission societies to reach the Jewish people. Here's what's crazy. As a result, the gospel's also been growing among Arabs. In other words, <laughs> one of the byproducts of Jewish people coming to Israel is it's actually provided an open door for Arabs to also hear the gospel. And in fact, it's, this is the only place in the Middle East where you can freely share the gospel with Muslims. We realize our responsibility to reach the Arabs and Muslims. We want to bless our neighbors. We, don't want, to, we want to see them come to faith. And so we've started doing similar videos like you saw for Israelis, for Arabs, and and. Here's the names of some of the people that have come to faith in the last year. Jihad, Muhammad, Osama. I can't tell you how weird it is when we're a group of people praying here at the Bible College for jihad, right? And not, not, not the war jihad, the person jihad who came to faith. And I can't even tell you where he is, okay? But so anyway, all this is simply say in an interesting way, you know, with all the political tensions and things like this, God has actually has used the Jewish people coming back to Israel in terms of the gospel also as a way to bless Arabs and Muslims. And I know that's kind of weird to think that way, but that's, that's actually happening. Michael, the first time I heard that, I was stunned. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, and that, but that's how, that's how the gospel works. It bridges uh, groups of people there's no other way they can be brought together. I mean, there's no way Jews and Arabs are, are going to see eye to eye except if they come to, come to Christ. And one of the incredible things about this ministry, Israel College of the Bible, is it's a seminary, right? And there are Arabs and Jews studying side past, by side. pastors. <laughs> you know, they're going to pastor churches, and there are Arabs and Jews pastoring churches together. I mean, it's oh, just— uh, We don't get this story. No, you, you, you really don't get this story, but— um, but that's how Hesed works because it is eternal, because in, in many ways it's unstoppable. Uh, this loving kindness of God uh, that, that becomes incarnate in Christ and that it also gets lived out through the gospel and, and through us, you know, his, his, yeah. his brothers, his sisters, all kinds of boundaries. And we've seen our own version of this in Franklin. I mean, you've seen through the Empty Hands Fellowship, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's one thing for Arabs and Jews well, how about you know blacks and whites in in the South in a place that's been so polarized for so long? I, I, I wrote a song about a, 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 a tiny little small window where in my own life this happened. Um, you you've been to First Missionary Baptist. I you've have. been to that church. Yeah. Well, the very first time I ever visited that church, we had been trying to uh, integrate uh, our church, Christ Community Church, and didn't have much. Success and and one of the things I proposed to the brothers is uh, why don't we reach out and and visit some other, some of the black churches and see you know see if we can build some bridges that way. I went the safest place I could think of, which was Denny's church because I <laughs> I knew Denny uh-huh. right. We'd been praying in his church, so I showed up there one Sunday morning. I'm the only white guy there. Uh, one little old lady walks up to me and in a really sweet way she says, uh, "Son, why are you here?" <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'm Denny's friend," and that was okay. Yeah, great. That was good. That was the right answer, uh-huh. right? And so I'm waiting for the service to start, and it's the the church is full, and there's only one empty seat, and it's next to this very big, uh, this very large woman. Uh, I I didn't know that she was Bob Smith's wife, but I knew Bob Smith because he met with our group. So I sit I sit next to Dinah, and uh, I didn't say you know didn't greet her because the, the service was starting. As the sermon starts, she reaches over and she grabs my hand. 
Now, she hasn't said hello to me. We haven't <laughs> greeted each other. This is a total stranger. And you don't know this woman. I do not know her. You know, I've never met her before. And I think, was this what they do in black churches that everyone holds? So I started looking around. No one else was holding hands. And she held my hand through the whole sermon. And Denny would make a point, and she'd squeeze my hand. Oh. And um, at the end of the service, she turns to me and said, you know, thank you for coming. You know, you know you're know, you welcome to come back anytime. And so this incredible moment uh, happened. And when I, I, I came to find out, first of all, I found out she was Bob Smith's wife. And that together, the two of them— had raised 75 foster kids. Yeah, listeners, long-time listeners may recall that we have had Bob when right. he was alive on the program. That's right, and he talked about it. Yeah. So they raised 75 foster kids, black and white. And so after I put two and two together, I realized she'd adopted me, right? That's what happened. She, <laughs> you were in, man. <laughs> right, and, and one of the things that Hesed has about it, it's got this gra- gravitational pull to it. And people who have invested themselves, I think Jesus must have been very much like this. People are drawn to Jesus. Uh, you know, in gra- the way gravity works, if there's a planet or a star that's really big, the bigger it is, the more gravity it, mm-hmm. it exer- uh, gravitational pull exerts. Well, Diana, uh, Diana had her own version of that, <laughs> and I got I got pulled into her orbit, as it were, and uh, and everything changed for me. Nothing was ever the same after that simple. And that's the other thing about Hesse. It can be a small act, but it was uh, still over the top, Yeah, because here's a black woman holding hands with a white man who's visited her church. She has no reason. You know, the the definition of Hesed is when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything. I have, I have no right to expect anything from Dinah except being pushed away. And uh, and so, to the contrary, she reaches out to me. She, she takes my hand. What a fabulous story. Yeah. I want to come back to that story in a moment, because okay. you, you've written a song. That's, about that experience, which we're going to ask you to play. Right, here. right. And uh, we'll hear that in just a moment. Okay. But it must be interesting for you, after all these years of study of Hesed, to actually see it in action. You must have a, a, a radar that just sees it everywhere. Yeah, well, that's what happens to people that's, that studied as well. You start recognizing moments, you know, these moments in your life where someone, you know, reached out to you or someone went way over the top, you know, to help you out or to, to you know, get you out of a jam or, or, or to just show you love or kindness and you look back and you go that's why that changed my life mm-hmm. that was this 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 part of the image of god that got incarnated in this little moment and it changed my life yeah i've seen you share stories on facebook yeah. with a simple explanation I, this is hesed i have a facebook page that's just hesed if you just go to just look up h e s e d and you'll see it. I've forgotten have, that. Yeah, I have little video clips, and I and and the cool thing is, other people keep putting their stories about, you <laughs> You're know, helping all of us see it. Uh, incredible, you know, like a, a, a someone. There was a woman that was shoplifting, and the cop could arrest her. What does he do? No, he buys her groceries because <laughs> she doesn't need to be arrested. She's hungry. She needs food. That's Hesed. Uh, See, so she has no right to expect anything from him. What she gets, she gets everything. Yeah. And there's story after story after story, and I think maybe recognizing it is part of um, helping that come alive and, and, and duplicating it in our lives. How do we develop those eyes? I don't know. We, we, we ask the Lord to give them to us. We, we, we see it in the life of Jesus and develop an appreciation for it. In a lot of ways, it's just a miracle that God does. Mm-hmm. When you stand before the cross of Jesus and you say, I have no right to expect anything from this person. I nailed him there, mm. right? I raised the cross. Oh, yeah. And does he give me a second chance? No. He gives me more chances than I can you possibly can't imagine. Count them. Right. Well, G- well, Peter says, do I forgive my brother seven times? And he's trying to impress Jesus with that number, right? <laughs> and Jesus basically says, no, Peter, more times than you can imagine. Mm. Seventy times seven is more times you can imagine. And that, again, that's Hesed. And it's so much a part of understanding who Jesus is. All right, let me come back to the song, When Dinah Held My Hand, because you tell the whole story right, right there in song. And I want our listeners to hear it right now, and we'll have a brief time to talk about it afterwards. But let's listen and enjoy this, When Dinah Held My Hand. She was haloed round in kindness. I was nervous and alone. A stranger come into her world, the church that was her home. She'd been taught to love the stranger, as only the suffering can That Sunday morning set me free When Dinah held my hand The service was about to start 
it was my destiny. The only place beside her, it was waiting there for me. Without a word, she reached across and gently took my hand. And the path I traveled ever since that moment it began. She reached across three hundred years of suffering and pain. She reached across the great divide of the color of our skins. When she reached across the empty pew, then I understood that all the hate that meant to harm the Lord would use for good. She was strong and she was kind and gentle when she spoke her mind. Jesus is on the main line. You can tell him what you want by the force of her own gravity. Her outrageous generosity. That morning I began to see that she'd adopted me. She reached across three hundred years of suffering and pain. She reached across the great divide of the color of our skins. When she reached across the empty pew, then I understood that all the hate that meant to harm the Lord would use for good. Life is made of moments we don't always understand. Sometimes the meaning isn't clear, like there's no specific plan. Each moment has been set in place before the world began. Like the time that Sunday morning when Dinah held my hand. Like the time that Sunday morning when Dinah held my hand. I love that、mm. song. Thank you.、Mm. Maybe it's just the story behind it. You know, it just kind of brings a tear to the eye to think about that whole episode. Yeah, and you wonder, do you have to tell the story before you can understand the song? I hope you no, can understand no, it without. No, I don't think so. But it helps it to helps. hear the yeah, story. It, yeah, it certainly does. When、yeah. Dinah held my hand. Now, will that be on the new CD? Yeah, that's that's、uh, a song about Hesed. All right, we look forward to that, and we'll look for that song and many others when the book and CD are released in December. Look for Hesed and the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness when you stop by MichaelCard.com. Again, on the web at MichaelCard.com. And tell a friend to subscribe and share in what you've discovered here in the studio. Please take a moment and write a review of this podcast. That's very helpful. You can do that in iTunes or Google Play. Now, for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Ashley Smith, Lance Mansfield, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us for another session here in the studio with Michael Card. <laughs>